Welcome to Fortress of Faith with Tom Wallace and Tyler Hudson, where we combine faith and patriotism to strengthen the saints to be courageous in their stand for righteousness. Each day we meet together at the intersection of truth and courage to discuss the dangers of growing trends and ideologies that threaten our Christian patriotic values. For decades, we have seen the steady growth of Muslims immigrating to North America. Then when the terrorist group, ISIS, tore down the gates in Syria, 5 million Muslims poured out of the Middle East to escape to a new home in Europe and America. We wish to welcome refugees who will melt into our society and as Christians, it gives us an opportunity to share the true gospel with them. Yet it does raise a security concern because they bring with them a religion that preaches subjugation and oppression. Tom Wallace is the founder of Missions to Muslims. He spent almost 30 years overseas in missionary work and is very well acquainted with the doctrines and practices of Islam. In this broadcast, we are going to learn more about the doctrines and practices of Islam so we can better understand these new neighbors that are living amongst us. We believe that knowledge empowers. To be forewarned is to be forearmed. Here now are our hosts, Tom and Tyler. Welcome again to the Corner of Truth and Courage with Tyler and Tom. <laughs> I, I do that every once in a while. I want to see if you're paying attention. You got, you're trying to get first billing. All right, you pay the bills this week. No, no, you already know my answer to that. We've <laughs> okay. talked about that before. All right, so anyways, it's Tom and Tyler. And uh, every time I say that, though, it does make me think of that, that cartoon, Tom and Jerry. I don't know why. <laughs> and sometimes I feel like that. I certainly do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you're the one that wins, though, the right? Big, I don't... <laughs> the, the, the big cat. You're, right. you're the smart mouse, I think, and I'm the cat that's always getting hurt. But anyways, let's move on. We're doing something different this week. We're, we're kind of covering the glossary of terms from your book, Refuting Islam, which has a lot of good, valuable information about the religion of Islam. And we kind of talked a little bit yesterday as to why we're covering first the glossary of terms, because many times, if, you, you know, if we're talking about certain things that are happening, we use Arabic words that people don't know what they mean. Right, and so we want to start with informing everyone. Okay, this is what this word means. You're giving some detail as to what they, a little bit more specifically, what defining what they are, and I find that to be very helpful. As a matter of fact, yesterday we ended on something, and I had a question, but we ran out of time. We ended on the word "assalamu alaikum," which is a way to say "peace be unto upon you." Right? Yeah. And you said that if you meet someone that you have that you believe could possibly be Muslim, you'll say that to them. Now, my question to you is, do they then think that you are a Muslim when you say that? No, I've never had anyone think that I'm a, that I'm a Muslim just because I've said it to them. But it does capture their attention. You can just see in their eyes, their eyes lighten up. Yeah. Almost a smile comes on their face. They're not used to talking to regular people about their, about their faith or things that they believe in. That uh, be, you know, because usually what they get are, are, you know, frowns and you know looks like we don't want you here, get lost, go back to your country, that type of thing. And now someone is engaging them over the very thing that is a threat. So they're not offended else. that you're not a Muslim using Muslim terminology. No. Now here's the rule. The rule is they're not really supposed to give that greeting greeting to non-Muslims. It's a greeting that is given to Muslims by Muslims. That's the, you know, when we get into the actual doctrine, that would be, uh, you know, the law would say you're not supposed to give that greeting to non-Muslims. It's how Muslims greet one another. But that arrests them with their attention mm -hmm. when you do that. Now, I have no problem using that because I'm wishing to them peace. Mm -hmm. I'm to love my enemy. 
I'm to love even every creature. I'm to give the gospel to every creature. But I want them to know the true prince of peace. Not the false Jesus that they've been taught to know the real Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so I use that as, uh, and, and sometimes people look at me when I say that, assalamu alaikum, they look like they're from, you know, from India or Pakistan, or they look like, they're, you know, maybe Arab or whatever. And they look at me like, well, what did you say? You know, mm-hmm. I said, oh, well, I, I take it you're not a Muslim then. So now I know whether they're Muslim or now a non-Muslim. Mm-hmm. Because if they're a Muslim, they'll know that, they, they will know that uh, greeting. Mm, absolutely. And, uh, and it distinguishes them. Okay. okay. How about our next word here? Okay. Well, the next word, we're still in the A's. We're in Aya. Aya. And Aya. Aya. Aya is basically a verse. When you're oh. saying, in, you know, if I'm giving you a Bible reference, I'm going to say John 3.16 or whatever. We know John is the gospel. Mm-hmm. 3 is the chapter. And 16 is the verse. In the Quran, I might say Surah 929. Surah is the chapter. Surah 9. Mm-hmm. So I'm saying chapter 9. Ayah 29. Okay, so Ayah is just simply a verse in the Quran. That would be the Arabic there. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you don't hear it very often, but sometimes it is referred to Ayah. Okay? Mm-hmm. Then we have uh, something that's very popular in Islam. We call it the Bismillah. The Bismillah. The Bismillah precedes every chapter in the Quran. It is a blessing. That's what it means. A blessing that precedes every chapter in the Quran. And it basically is these words. In the most in the name of Allah, the most gracious and the most merciful. And so every chapter begins with the Bismillah except for one chapter. There's only one chapter that's absent from. Mm-hmm. Do you know what chapter that is? Remember, there's 114 chapters. I talk about this chapter. Chapter a lot. what? Chapter nine. Oh, I went with one. What was <laughs> what was uh, uh, what's interesting about that ninth that ninth chapter is the last chapter. That's when Muhammad died. <laughs> that's right. Well, he's dying. He's, he's dying. He's, yeah. He's been poisoned, and uh, he's he's about to die. And this is the last words that Muhammad gives to his. Faithful, you know, as opposed to this is what God gave him, okay? Mm-hmm. So this is the last revelation, and it's absence of the Bismillah. There's no blessing on this one, and it's the most violent of all the chapters. And so, and again, as I've taught here, me here a few weeks ago, we were talking about abrogation. Anything that is said later abrogates anything that was said earlier. So rules can change in Islam. Which means supersedes, essentially. Supersedes and, yeah. or, or annuls or does away, mm-hmm. uh, voids. Okay. So, but, but the doctrine is called abrogation. I use that word because that's what they, that's what they call it. Mm-hmm. Right? And we use the word abrogation. Abrogation isn't foreign to us, but, but, uh, but it's foreign to our doctrines. We, we, we don't void and annoy. You know, the New Testament didn't void the Old Testament. It it, uh, it, it, uh, it helps us understand the Old Testament, and the Old Testament helps us understand the New Testament. Mm-hmm. It all works together. Okay, <clears throat> But in Islam, they have certain chapters or certain teachings that Muhammad ga- gave later that avoids what he had taught earlier. Mm-hmm. Earlier, there's no compulsion in religion. Everyone should not be forced to believe one way or another. Later, if you don't believe us, we kill you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so now it sounds very compulsory, all right? And so chapter 9 ends with the sword. 
So any peaceful teaching that Allah had, had given to Muhammad earlier is now voided by chapter 9. Mm-hmm. And there's other verse, other chapters and other places. What's there. the point of even reading early stuff if half of it gets annulled? Well, okay, there are some things that, you know, we don't live as Christians by by the Jewish customs of eating and dietary things there. But it's still valuable for us to know that information and to understand. But there's completely contradicts. You know, it didn't it didn't didn't abrogate for us, but it didn't apply it to us. Okay, but theirs are complete contradictions. Yes. Yeah, and none of ours are complete contradictions. No. They're just they're just no. things that were given to Israel and so, not necessarily yeah. all Gentiles. Exactly. Aren't you glad the Bible's not that way? <laughs> like, yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. And so within Islam, we've got... uh, So chapter 9 is absent of the Bismillah. That's, I think, an important fact for us to understand. Everything has a blessing, but that one chapter is removing of the, uh, in the name of Allah, the most gracious and the most merciful. And occasionally I can say it in Arabic, but I don't do it well, so I'm not even going to attempt that here today. (laughs) Okay, the next one, now we're getting into the C's, the Caliph. You've heard many times we talk about the Caliph or the Caliphate. I'm going to put those two words together. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Caliph is the successor of Muhammad. He's the one, when Muhammad died, they they had to find a new leader. Okay, they had to pick a new emperor or new king. Well, the word that they use is Caliph. Okay, and his kingdom is his caliphate. So every caliphate must have a caliph, and every caliph must have a caliphate. Like every king must have a kingdom, every kingdom must have a king. Are they established the successor of Muhammad? So this is a person. Yes, yes. The a caliph- specific person or different each time? Well, you know, uh, so uh, Abu Bakr became the next leader after Muhammad had died. Okay. Abu became the next caliph. So whoever okay. is the leader of Islam currently is the caliph. Correct. Yeah, okay. whoever. And this is what we just had. We just had the, in, in, you know what ISIS was all about? ISIS was establishing a new caliphate. Yeah. And uh, al-Baghdadi declared himself as the caliph. And they were developing the Islamic State. So it's, in other words, a caliphate is a state. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't use the word kingdom much anymore. We don't have ki- many kings and kingdoms. We don't have very many emperors and empires. Mm-hmm. So they were, you know, kind of modernizing it by calling it a state. Well, in Arabic, it would simply be the caliphate. Okay. Yeah. So, um, so that's what the caliph and the caliphate is. The Dajjal, we're moving into the Ds, the Dajjal. We talked about him eh, not too long ago, I think, when we were talking about the Antichrist and so on there. They teach future, you know, what's going to happen in the future. They have some prophecies, and they're waiting for three people to come. They're waiting for the Mahdi to come. We'll talk about him later. Um, they're waiting also for Isa, that's the, the Muslim Jesus. Mm-hmm. And they're also waiting for a man that they will refer to as the Dajjal. The Dajjal is what means the false messiah, the false Mahdi. Okay? So they know that one day a man will show up claiming to be the messiah and they will war with him. Yeah. The Bible told us all that's going to happen. Uh, we're going to have that happen when Jesus, uh, well, after the rapture, we will have someone who will show up claiming to be the Messiah, but he's not. He's the false Messiah, the Antichrist. He will have a partner with him. 
the false prophet, as the Bible refers to him in Revelation chapter 13, the beast, and the second beast is what is actually referred to them. And then later, at the end of the seventh, seven years of tribulation, uh, Jesus will come as the Messiah, as the uh, uh, the real true Ma, uh, Mahdi. That's who they call the Dajjal. Yeah. And they will war with him. This is what their prophecy teaches there. All right, we're going to have to stop there, but uh, uh, we're still in uh, halfway through our fundraising campaign. $20,000 is our goal. We are ha- at the halfway point, which mm-hmm. is good because we're kind of halfway in the month. So we've, we've got off to a good start. Thank you so much for those of you who've given and helped us to get to this point. Yeah. But let's not stumble. We didn't stumble at the start. Let's not falter at the finish. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we still got another $10,000 more to raise by the end of this month. Tyler, explain to our listeners there how they can get. Uh, yeah, you can give in three ways. The easiest way is fortressoffaith.com where you can click on donate there. You can do that in U.S. or Canadian dollars. Completely safe and secure. Uh, you can also call one eight zero zero six one six. 0082. You hit option one there and you can donate via phone. And then the last way is if you wanted to send a check, you could do that as well to P.O. Box 30485. That's Bellingham, Washington, 98226. And this is really cool. The book we're actually discussing this week, these gloss, this glossary of terms, uh, is Refuting Islam. And if you donate $50 or more this week, we are going to get you a copy of that book free of charge. Yeah, and also a digital copy, too. So yeah. for any donation amount this week, we'll give you a digital copy. But if you give $50 or more, we'll give you a digital and the actual copy of the book. We'll mail that to you as well. Very good. So, so don't don't miss out on that and yeah. don't miss out on us tomorrow. So the number to call one more time, yeah. 800 616 Yep. Thank you so much. And meet us here again tomorrow at the corner of Truth and Courage. God bless.